Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Watch Time. It has been a week since I... Wait, it's been more than a week? It's been two weeks. Oh my God, two weeks. Look, it's been hectic times. A lot of things going on. A lot of videos getting made. A lot of work getting done by Grace. But we're back. And today we're going to be talking about a couple of things that have happened over the last week or so. Obviously, we're going to cover quickly, I think, some stuff about the Travis Scott Astro World concert that happened. On top of that, we're also going to be tackling the whole idea of YouTubers taking breaks, temporarily leaving YouTube. Yeah. Mainly off the back of uh, obviously our friend Lachlan who uh, announced a day or two ago that he is going to be taking a break from YouTube for at least a month which is very very epic we love to see it but Grace how's your week? My week has been pretty good actually we were back in the office for the first time since lockdown started back in like June this year. It was so good to be back in the office with everyone. In some ways it's kind of funny because I actually feel like I work really well alone like I think I'm quite introverted in some ways and I feel like it doesn't like detract from my motivation to be working from home but it was really good to be back like bouncing off everyone's energy and I think like we're going to be back in the office a couple days a week so I'm going to fill those with meetings and then the days um, that I'm at home I'm hoping are going to be super focused. I'm excited for a bloody holiday though I'm like I'm ready. I'm, I'm really ready. ready. People have like booking holiday anxiety or like PTSD in a weird way. Like everyone's not been able to travel in Australia and now yeah. we are able to travel. And I feel like for the longest time, everyone was like, I'm going to be out of here first day that we can be. And then now I feel like people are like, oh, but I don't know. Like, can I plan in advance? <laughs> but do like, I actually want to go? Like, have you ever seen those videos where like two dogs are on either side of a fence and they're acting super aggressive? And then as soon as they pull the petition away, the dogs are like, actually like it's cool bro and they like yeah. and they walk away i feel I'm like happy that in my home that was lockdown and holidays everyone's like i'm gonna get out of here man i'm gonna go places i'm gonna do things then lockdown ends and everyone's like oh my couch is pretty comfy though <laughs> i i have booked a flight I, that is not me i'm gone okay so i want to do a flight i want to do a holiday but the problem is i don't know i'm not someone who can go on a holiday by myself that's that's not me i i have the utmost respect for people who are able to be like i'm gonna go on a holiday i'm gonna go to paris and i'm just gonna chill in paris well for you a need week. to ringlead you need to be on the front foot you need to be like hey i'm going on these dates are you with me or are well, you not with me i, I am I'm, I'm doing some semi ringleading right now uh, i was oh. chatting i was chatting to my Vic. invite must have got lost in the mail. I, I think i might have mentioned that this could be happening i think um but you know i'm kind of i'm also organizing organizing the click christmas party which i think is going to feel like a really nice mini holiday Okay. That's going to feel like it because we're getting a lot of friends down for it. But then also uh, maybe like EDC, which is in March next year over in the US. Ooh. That's that's potentially on the cards, which I'm talking to a few people about. Okay. So EDC, speaking of, is not the worst way to segue into topic number one of today, which is... It's not a great segue, but not a great it segue. is a festival and we are going to be talking about the Travis Scott Festival that happened on the weekend. Yes. Which was, to be honest, fucking awful. Like... Dude. It looked some of the videos, and of course, I mean, I think like this needs no introduction. You couldn't have missed this if you were on the internet, and I think we talked to people that are on the internet. Obviously, 
it was massively overcrowded. Eight people at least died, I think. Hundreds seriously injured. Another interesting thing that I haven't actually seen covered as much, but I'd love to know how this could possibly happen. One of the people, or I think multiple people of that were seriously injured, I think about eight or so, were like under 16. It was an all-ages concert. Yeah, but there was like is a nine-year-old. fucked? There was a, no, but surely all ages is like 16 and over. I'm like, absolutely no way in hell am I letting my 12-year-old child go to a Travis Scott concert. Insane. In a Absolutely, mosh. yeah, absolutely no crazy. No way. Um, but yeah, obviously- So let's take this back a little bit. Yes. When did you first hear about it? Literally as it happened, I I, I was, I think because it, it happened late at night, Australia time, I was or early in the morning. All I know is I was lying in bed browsing Twitter and it came up in the, you know, um, yeah. what's happening feed. I saw it when it was all still like kind of breaking news and the numbers were like very up and down. Initially, it was kind of a lot of confusion. I was like, yeah. oh, was there like uh, was there like someone with a gun that did yeah. something? Because all it said was eight people, mass casualty event. Yeah. And I was like, was there someone with a gun? And then it was like, was there like some, you know, bad drug that was going around that yeah. a lot of people OD'd on? And then... But Crowd Crush, weirdly, wasn't anything that came to mind. And now, obviously, that we've seen all the vision that's come out, one of the biggest takeaways I have is I'm so amazed that this kind of thing doesn't happen more often. Obviously, it doesn't happen because generally the events are run better than this one was, clearly. Yeah. But it, it, it gives you a window into the amount of the security and yeah. the importance, but, but the amount of it that must be there to try and control a crowd of yeah. that size is is crazy. Yeah, I was out to dinner at the time with Ilsa and Tanner. I saw it pop up on Twitter. Lannan was like sending Ilsa a bunch of videos throughout dinner. And I think it like says a lot for how social media just allows news to spread so fast. I mean, social media was so far ahead of like the news outlets at that time. And, yeah. like, Twitter was so far ahead of the news outlets because it's like the news couldn't keep up, but yet there's all these people posting all these videos about yeah. what they're actually seeing in real time. And it was bloody terrifying to say the, say the least. And it, it makes me angry because I feel as though these sorts of things are avoidable. But for example, I feel like you hear a lot of festivals these days, like people ODing. In that instance, I'm like, that is awful. But that person chose to take a drug. And when you take drugs, that comes with potential risk. There's a risk. They obviously didn't want that consequence, but they did know they were taking a drug. No one should be going to a concert thinking they could possibly get crushed to death. Mm. Like they're paying for a ticket. And for that ticket, yes, you're paying for the entertainment. You're also paying for, to be safe when yeah. you're consuming that. Someone or some people have been negligent there. Yeah. It's like, not like it's not like concerts are a new thing. We've been putting them on for decades. Right? And in that there would have been a lot of learnings about the do's and don'ts. And this is not like a oops, we let too many people in. Mm. It's like you knew how many tickets you were selling. There was obviously like mass amounts of people that broke down barriers and got in and that sort of thing, but it would have to be thousands of people. Something clearly went wrong there. Whether it was Travis Scott that's accountable or Live Nation that's accountable or the event organizers or whatever. And I was reading these articles about um, basically like how crowd crushing happens, but also how it's a man-made thing that happens. And it all has to do with how many people you're allowing into a particular area, like yeah. how many people per square meter you have. And basically like if you're, you know, two, two people per square meter, you're fine, it's all good. But as soon as you're getting up to like five, six, seven people per square meter, like you're fucked. And the way that 
technical term. <laughs> and the way that like physics move and people move and that sort of thing. Basically, if you're up at that like crowd, that crowd density level, as soon as people start to move, there's nothing people can do. Like, yeah, there's a really cool video. I don't know if we're going to be able to find it and also put it on the screen, but that shows an aerial view of a crowd at a large event like that. When the crowd gets dense enough, any kind of, you know, a movement here, you watch it echo all the way through this huge crowd yeah. from literally like hundreds of meters back. But and also just like, how did this happen and then continue to happen? Like, it's not like all of this happened in one moment and suddenly it was like far out. We are way overcrowded here. Like we need to get people the F out. It's like they would have known like as the show was filling up, as people were filling up and like still pushed ahead with it. Like yeah. what an avoidable thing that happened. I thought it was very interesting how this is one of the first instances other than I guess the Gabby Petito one where I feel like TikTok more and more is becoming oh. a very like it's becoming like your the Twitter feed yes. where there'll be a certain event that's happening and people now will actively TikTok isn't just memes anymore. People no. will actively go there as like almost a news source. If you want to see video clips from the event, things that happened, uh, people's like takes on what happened, yeah. eyewitness accounts, all of that. I TikTok's where it's at. Most people were telling me that the place they were finding most of their information on it was TikTok. When I woke up on shocking. Sunday morning and I wanted to see more about what had happened, like beyond the news, which is obviously you're kind of getting like recycled versions of the same story. When I like go to the news, like there's only so much the news can say it. When I was like, I want to see what actually this was like. I, without a shadow of doubt in my mind, went to TikTok and I went to the hashtag and I was just scrolling the hashtag for like half an hour. And then you're actually seeing, you're getting yeah. like an on the ground perspective. I think TikTok is more and more becoming such an important platform just in social media in general. And it's wild to me when TikTok first really took off, we covered it on watch time. We were like, do you reckon it's here to stay or is it like yeah. just another fad platform? I don't think either of us were bullish enough on how important TikTok is as a platform now. TikTok, that is the platform that gets most of my time. TikTok now. and NFTs are two, are two incorrect takes. I still believe that NFTs will fail eventually. I have to. I think TikTok was definitely one that um, I think we only assumed would fail because of what happened to Vine. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's weird. You see, you know, kind of there is, if you make a mistake, the true sign of insanity is doing the same thing twice and being shocked when it fails the mm. second time around. But TikTok did it differently and they did it differently enough that they were able to turn it around. That short form video content is yeah. just lends itself so well. Other interesting takeaway I had, especially stuff around the US elections, you are seeing uh, personal biases a lot more on social media. Yeah. But I saw a few things that came out of the Travis Scott concert, which, which definitely shocked me, which was social media editing uh, clips to fit a narrative that was yes. very... So, there was one clip in particular, which don't get me wrong, I think by and large, there are enough clips of uh, Travis Scott inciting violence and acting in a really kind of despicable way at concerts, which is unforgivable and is yeah. definitely a pattern of behavior. But there was one video that it was actually one of the biggest videos that was going around at the concert, which was uh, a, a hopefully unconscious body and not dead body being carried out by the crowd almost directly beneath Travis Scott as he was apparently continuing to just sing while he could see it and was it effectively looked like he was ignoring it. Yeah. Um, whereas actually I then saw by pure chance, uh, I'd seen that video 10 times 
and then randomly by chance saw uh the uncut version where it shows the previous 20 seconds where travis is actually doing a totally different song sees someone unconscious stops the concert and says hey, hey we need to get like help yeah. you now pick that person up let's get them up and apparently he only just starts singing to kind of like fill the void while that person's being carried away only yeah. once he'd drawn attention to it. I definitely noticed this as well. And I think like, as I said earlier, I think there's people to be held to account here. But I also think um, it was really interesting how when I was scrolling TikTok, the narrative was that Travis Scott completely ignored these people, had no idea or was, or was totally negligent in his response. Um, and then I think it took a day or so for it to come out that I started to see footage where at a couple times, like he had mentioned that he could see an ambulance and what was going on and like someone was down and that sort of thing. And like, obviously, perhaps his response was not proportionate to what it should have been given the level of what was going on. Yeah. But it wasn't, it also wasn't at the other end of the spectrum where he did totally nothing. And I yeah. think it really, it, it shows you like what a tidal way of social media can be as well. And it's like, yeah. That just gets picked up. It gets hundreds of thousands of likes and like... People realize the narrative that social media is moving with that everyone wants to follow. And they'll... Even if yeah. that even if that narrative might actually be based on reality, people will edit content yeah. and opinions to even to fit that narrative even, to even more. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I actually think there's probably a lot of people who are aware of that clip, uh, the extended one, but aren't going to post it being like, hey, it's actually not that bad because they know they're just going to get absolutely panned. I think one of the the most interesting things that came from it, which I'm keen to get uh, not only your take on, but love to hear in the uh, in the comments of the podcast what people think. It feels weird and kind of dirty saying this sentence, Travis partnered with better help to offer free counseling to people from who were at the concert. Now, what I mean when I say it sounds weird and dirty saying that sentence is not the offering uh, free counseling, but normally if you're like, I've partnered with Samsung or I've partnered yeah. with Call of Duty to bring this to you. I've, sounds I've partnered like with... a collab. <laughs> it sounds like a collab and a branding opportunity. Yeah. And granted, we don't know the specific details of, of how this worked, but the wording I've seen whenever I've seen it talked about is Travis Scott partnered with BetterHelp. Partnering normally means some kind of, you know, and he might not have necessarily personally profited from it, but BetterHelp could have approached him and said, hey, we're willing to offer X amount of dollars in free counseling um, to people from the concert. When, when Elliot mentioned this to me, I thought this was quite interesting. And my immediate response was, oh, so Travis is paying for a free counseling session for everyone that went to the concert. And Elliot was like, no, it says he partnered with BetterHelp. And I thought that use of the word partner was quite interesting because mm. it does hold connotations of at least, if not a paid partnership, like a contra partnership. Yeah. Um, contra meaning like where you're getting something for free. And I just don't know because the more I think about it, the more I'm like, he's not profiting off this. He couldn't possibly be. No. That would just be too way too much, way too much. He's not getting paid by BetterHelp to do not this. Not a chance. Not a chance, I don't think. Like if that leaked... It would be game over. For yeah, him that would be done. That would be done. <laughs> that would. But be... I also think he's not paying for it. If he was to be paying for everyone who went to the concert to get a free counselling session, I think they may have said that. Yeah, it would have been Travis Scott is paying for yeah, the counselling. Yeah, because they said 
he's paying for the funeral costs of all the yep. families that have people die. But they didn't say he's paying for the funeral costs and he's paying for a counseling session for everyone. Yeah. They said that he's paying for the funeral costs and he's partnered with BetterHelp. Yeah. Which I do think is a subtle but important distinction. Look, I don't want to be overly skeptical here and I'm very aware that oftentimes it's incredibly easy to throw stones at people or companies or whatever when they're trying to do a good thing and it's impossible these days to do something truly altruistic. When the bushfires happened and companies were saying, oh, we'll donate 50% of our profits and people were like, you should be donating 100% of your profits or like, otherwise you're just using this as a marketing ploy because you want yeah. to make more money on the other 50%. And while I think it's valid to have those conversations, I also think I don't want... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. want that kind of criticism to fear people out of taking any good action at all. It's weird, yeah, because at the end of the day, people who have gone through a traumatic incident getting the opportunity to access free counseling is absolutely a net benefit to the world. Absolutely. The world is better because of this quote, partnership. But there's just undeniably an, a weird feeling because a, a conscious decision was made at BetterHelp that this has happened. And obviously by doing what they're doing, there will be an element of free marketing and conversation yeah. around BetterHelp. It's, it's a really, really weird one. And it's not like BetterHelp is out there being like, oh, if anyone has gone through any traumatic experience ever, we'll give you free counseling. Yeah. But at the same time, it is a net benefit to the world. So I don't know. I think it's super interesting. I don't actually think there is a correct answer. I think ultimately it's good that this happened. But, but I it think is, it's notable. I think it's, it's something notable. to talk about. Yeah, it's, it's definitely notable and it's interesting. And I think uh, I would love to hear people's takes. And then I think the only last point that I would make, which fits into obviously also how brands respond to this sort of thing, is Epic um, reintroduced Travis Scott's emote from when he had his concert in game. They introduced it before the festival because the festival was happening. Um, as soon as the news started to come out, they um, they actually took the whole store offline for that period. Yeah. Um, and they did tweet about it. They noted that it was intentional. It wasn't a glitch and that it would be back up soon and it was back up without the Travis Scott emote. Yeah. I also thought that response from Epic was really interesting because obviously they don't want to come out and be like, we're not supporting Travis when at the time the news was very much who knows what's going on. We still don't know. I just thought it was interesting how in that moment Epic chose to respond. I expect that Travis probably gets a revenue share from sales of any emotes or skins that oh, yeah. he sells. I can absolutely understand Epic not wanting to be seen to be helping Travis profit during that period. But I just thought it was an interesting response. You know, they addressed it. They said it was intentional that they were taking it down, but they didn't expressly mention Travis, um, although that was clearly the intended yeah. impact. I, I think it's like just avoid the controversy, basically. Yeah. Like why, why even risk it? Nothing just be like, look, there's a, something dramatic going on we don't want to have that be part of our narrative so we're just avoiding it oh just makes me angry how it happened in the first place like 
you know, Fire Festival came out not that long ago. Like, how does the how are these things still fucking up this much? At a certain point, the relationship between security and profit that shifts one way or the other. Mm. And if you get a hundred less security guards, you make a million more dollars. Well, you know what's going to be really interesting is the insurance. I was going to say, I'm guessing it actually won't end up costing Travis that much. Well, no. in a career I actually think sense. it may. Um, well, in terms of, fi- of a financial sense, I think someone's going to be paying a big bill. I think it'll be insurance. Really? Yeah. See, I disagree. Because I think insurance is there for festivals when things go wrong that are beyond their control. But here's the thing. I don't think insurance is going to be paying out if it comes out that they understaffed the event. Insurance companies will pay out if people get hurt, but you've taken all the right precautions. They're not going to pay out if it comes out that, oh, you actually oversold the event, you overcrowded, you didn't have enough EMT staff, you didn't have enough security and people died. They're going to be like, sorry, mate, that's on you. It'll be interesting. Not necessarily on Travis, but maybe Live Nation, maybe the event organizers. But I think there's going to be some massive bills to pay out of this. And I, they've refunded everyone's tickets that went to the event. That is going to be millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Who's paying for it? I think it's I think it's going to be Travis or someone on the team. And in other news this week, which we thought would be good, we could segue into kind of like a larger a larger discussion on the topic generally is uh, Lachlan announced that he's going to be taking a, a one month at least break from YouTube. So both yeah. streaming and videos. I thought it was interesting because um, we also saw Keemstar announce that he's going to be retiring this year. And I think um, it just brings on an interesting conversation around like in the rat race of YouTube, when do you call it a day? I, I think that like Lockie's clearly been like busy for a while and he's also obviously been putting a lot more time into power. But you know, you could see on his YouTube posting that for the last month, he's probably done about one video a week or yep. a video every like five or six days, which is a lot less than normal. It is a really interesting question because at the end of the day, I actually can't think of a single YouTuber, really, other than someone who's had a con- controversy and decided to, to leave because of it. I can't think of a single YouTuber that said, hey, I'm done, goodbye. Yeah, other Jenna than maybe Marbles. Ray, uh, Jenna Marbles and Ray William Johnson, which is a very OG one from way, way back in the day. They're the only two I can think of. Um, and no, but to be fair, Jenna Marbles, that was a mid of controversy. So I don't it think was. you can, I don't think that one counts either. It's very rare that a YouTuber will ever say, Hey, I'm kind of done, which at the end of the day, I actually don't think is that surprising because at the end of the day, it's not like you see a lawyer, like it's not expected that a lawyer will do law for 10 years and then be like, okay, cool. I'm done with law now. I'm going to go by. And then they just go off to a different career. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, and that's the same with a lot of people who work in TV. They're TV entertainers and they do that their whole life. YouTube, I think, is definitely, um, well, it's as draining a job as you make it, but it's definitely uh, a very emotionally intense job because because you don't have a salary or any guarantee of performance. Yeah. So because of that, there is a general tendency to work pretty intensely and do longer hours because you feel like if you don't, you're underselling yourself. Well, it's like you're, you work for yourself. You know, I think it's kind of similar to running a business. Like in a small way, I feel similar where it's like, how do I take a break really 
where I'm not thinking about it. I always have to be thinking about it. Yeah. No one else is thinking about it. But I think I think that's actually one of my favorite things. And I think I think it's definitely something I've noticed that um, I think Lockie and I have both gotten better with. I think definitely there was this mental sense in, especially, you know, to rewind to the first year or two of Fortnite. Yeah. You could not miss an upload ever. Or you would, uh, it, it would, it just wasn't acceptable. It wasn't okay. I remember literally, you know, like going over to the UK. Um, I forget what I went over for, but like was on the plane on this, like what, 15, 18 hour, 18 hour flight, just freaking out and then getting into the, getting into the cab at the airport and trying to get to the Sideman house as quick as I could because I knew there was a setup there. And when there was a setup, I could record a video and I could get more content. Yeah. And it, an absolute rat race. I do think one of the great things though, when you kind of grow your channel and you become, uh, and you've been doing it for like as long as Lockie and I have, which is what I think Lockie's been going eight years, I've been going seven. Um, you, you do kind of eventually, it takes years, start to realize that, wait a second, no, 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 no. Yeah. I can miss an upload, it's fine. The sun will still shine. <laughs> The sun will shine. And the trade-off where in the early years of YouTube, you're willing to put your mental health on the lowest priority and put productivity at the highest eventually swings back the other way. Yeah. And then you're able you're able to be like, you know what? No. That's good. Yes, I will make less money this month. But will I ultimately be a lot happier and healthier by taking that break and putting less pressure on? Absolutely. That's so a, worth it. That is a trade-off that I'm now willing to make. And I think that that's definitely something that comes, it takes a long time to get there. Definitely. But I think if you look at um, pretty much any veteran YouTuber who's been going for say over six years, almost all of them are a lot more comfortable either lowering their upload rate or even taking a break for a week or two. Yeah. I, I think that's something that you learn to become comfortable with, which yeah. at the end of the day is gonna make your content better. Yeah. And I think that's a good point to make that it's going to make your content better. Yeah. Like if you've ever tried to just work when you're so exhausted, you just can't do it. Like what you're putting out is not good. No. I, I feel that way. Like I'm, I'm not even in like as creative a role. Um, and I think there's something very powerful, like beyond taking a break. I think it's really interesting that Keem is calling it a day. He's saying he's like, yeah, I'm going to quit. Keem is in a unique position though, because he is able to step back from his channel without fully retiring it as an income stream. True. So that's- But I still think- It's still a huge a decision. Massive risk there. And I think it's really, it's like, there's almost, I don't know. I kind of like the idea that someone's just like, you know what, I'm done. And they're calling it. And they're not just letting it like die a slow, sad death. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Well, I don't know. I, I think there's, I think there's different ways to call it. I think there's, you know, where if your YouTube channel actually dies and your viewership literally goes down to, you know, say the point where YouTube no longer is economical as a job in any way is when you're probably at like the 30, 40,000 view mark yeah. per video or less, depending yeah. on what your production level is. But, you know, with a lot of people, Keemstar definitely, you know, Lachlan is still easily pulling a million views on every video. Like that's, that's by no means a, a retiring level. No. I, I personally think, and I think the way, I think what most YouTubers eventually come to realize is that shockingly, you do what most people do with any job, which is once a year or once every few months, you say, hey, I'm taking a week off. I'm yeah. taking two weeks off. I'm going to go away. What a and concept. 
Maybe they're super organized and they've worked hard to get extra videos done to post while they're away. But at the end of the day, I do think that is the point most YouTubers come to. Yeah. Which is realizing that it, it and it and it takes a long time. It takes years of building up the confidence to be able to miss uploads and convince yourself that no, your channel isn't going to completely die. Yeah. Um, and I think if you look at what, you know, it's and kind of like anyone who's gone through a period of super intense work after a period of intense work, you probably want to have a little bit of a bigger break. Lockie's just finished uh, or is about to finish his two year streaming contract. So he has been streaming for years while also trying to keep up with regular uploads. And if you're someone who isn't natural to streaming, yeah, it is hard. I, I, I look at people like XQC who put out 20 hour streams. Dude. It blows my mind. No way. But uh, he's finally got to the end of a pretty mammoth couple of years of doing live streaming while also doing daily uploads while also starting Team Power. Yeah. And I definitely think at the end of a run like that, you're, you're to break. I think, oh, a thousand percent you've to break. Yeah. What are you going to do at the end of the year? Do you feel that need <laughs> right now? Uh, I actually don't. I, I find I find that right now, um, I think the the reason, the only reason I would like to take a break would be to reinvigorate uh, kind of like that, I don't know, eff- effectively bring in something a bit fresh yeah. to YouTube. Because I think that right now I actually feel really comfortable with my workload. I'm probably posting five videos a week, um, doing my streaming hours and you know, ticking along. But I do feel like I would love to get back to that that feeling I had, you know, three years ago where you're just trying to like crank every dial, you yeah. know, up to 11. You're trying to find... You're cruising right now. Yeah, I'm cruising. I'm cruising. I'm like... And don't get me wrong. I don't feel like I'm, I'm being like, I don't care about my videos because if I didn't care, I would do seven videos a week and just upload crap. Yeah. But I do think that it is... with a, After playing the game for so long it's harder to get excited about the content you put out. It's less fresh. But also not an excuse. So I reckon I'm going to plan a a two to three week trip sometime between January and March next year. And I'm going to enjoy it. And it's going to be amazing. But I'm definitely, whenever I see, uh, you know, because I've got got a lot of friends who, you know, now are able to chill back a bit more who've been doing YouTube for a while. And they'll just be like, yeah, just, you know, go to Europe. For three weeks and just i don't know travel and like one of the really cool things is like we've got friends in so many different cities yeah. and when you travel it can be super fun like i can go to the uk and like stay with vic and see his new house and that would be awesome i can then pop over to amsterdam see geordie quibble cop and be like and see his apartment which yeah. i have heard is very very cool geordie coming through any month now I'll see you then. You haven't invited me, but I'm going to be there. Um, and but but that kind of thing. There's yeah. so many cool travel opportunities. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, I feel like that would be a very invigorating thing. A thousand percent. You don't want to like waste all your time doing the work and not enjoying the fruits of your labor. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'll goodbye. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to be out. I'm planning to travel a lot next year. I just want to like not put limits on myself. It's been a while. It's been a long time since like a proper holiday. Yeah. Where it's like there's been no work. I actually can't remember even when. Yeah. I'm going to the Caribbean. Just going anywhere tropical. <laughs> going anywhere where I am not making YouTube videos. No. That's that's the idea. I'll catch you with a mimosa in my hand at 
3 p.m. Although, you know, actually day. my ideal holiday, and, and I feel like I <laughs> don't want to go, don't want to go in circles on my holiday on for this whole podcast. So we can we can we can end on this. My ideal holiday is a holiday where I can go away for say a month and then maybe one day a week I have access to a A grade recording setup. And that way it's the perfect way to balance my holiday vibe and my holiday spirit with just enough content that I don't get any anxiety about YouTube. That's the dream. Just a touch of anxiety. Yeah, because as much as you might want to be like, no, 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 I've got the confidence to go on a holiday. There's still that yeah. niggling little thing in the back of your mind. And it's almost like it's great to just be able to whew, push that out like yeah. once a week and then back to mimosas well, on the beach. lucky you've got friends with very good quality setups in many places in the world. Do the go dream. to Monaco. Yeah? Yeah. What's, in What's Monaco? his name's in Monaco? Who? Um... Jelly. 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 Oh, Jelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jelly is in Monaco. Yeah. I don't know if I know Jelly well enough to be like, hey, Jelly, I'm coming <laughs> to stay at your house. He'd be like, who the fuck is this? No, no. Nice like, I've, he is. He's very, very, very lovely guy. Um, yeah, Monaco. I hear they've got, is it a Grand Prix or a boat show? Both. Both. Love at it. At the same time, I think. At the same time, even better. I'll see you there, Jelly. I'm not invited, but I'm coming to your doorstep. <laughs> all right guys thank you so much for watching this week's episode of watch time we are grateful to be back and tell us any of your thoughts on any of the topics today below but other than that we'll see you next week bye 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 Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.